and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. I'm going to be your host tonight, Dave Dunning, and I've got three guests with me. Dave Karen out in Brazil. Dave, are you feeling good? I'm feeling a whole lot better after Sunday, Dave. I say I think that's that's a bigger three points than we maybe thought in the last pod, and I'm sure we'll get into that as we go. Yeah, some of us maybe did think that, Dave. I personally, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've also got Dean Patterson out in Berlin. Chief, how are you? Grant, how's it going yourself? Yes, Chief, I'm fine, thank you. I'm very happy. I was there with Johnny Henderson watching the game. And if you've ever gone drinking with Johnny Henderson, Dave Carn will know the next day is never much fun. Um, next week, it's never much fun. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes, he, sometimes he doesn't stop for two days. Well, he used to be. I don't know what another 10 years has done to him, but I can't see it slowing him down too much. No, and I'll tell you what, he did a half marathon two hours before he went out and hit 12, 15 pints into him. So, but sure, you can anyway, always do that. It'll make you sick, like. No, uh, I'm not talking about the drink. <laughs> it made me sick, let me tell you that, physically, <laughs> literally. <laughs> anyway. Um, and on that and note. By, yes, and on that <laughs> Faux pas. And I've got Beryl out in the Netherlands. I'm not going to try yeah. and pronounce your hometown because it yeah. don't, no, don't bother. Further. How are you, I, sir? Thank you very much. Uh, I'm very well and uh, happy to join you again. Good. Yes, good to have you on, sir. Good to have you on. So it was Chelsea, Stamford Bridge, a Chelsea team that we have seen concede lots of goals this season and hope that they would concede lots of goals. And Dave, for a time there, it, probably at the start of the second half, it it did look like they were going to concede lots of goals. But, you know, the, the first half, we we start really well. Trent scores a great free kick. And then the VAR. And it has, in hindsight now, probably quite a profound impact, certainly on the rest of that half, if not the game itself. Uh, I think without a doubt on that one, Dave. You know, if we take it, the first goal... You know, Trent's come out and basically said that wasn't planned. It was something that they just dreamt up a little roll and boom. And you know, uh, n- number one, just 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 the, 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 on that, you know, how fucking great is he? How how brilliant is he? And, and innovative and creative. You know, it's all he did against Barcelona. Or what what a player he's going to be when he's the funny starting goal. But back to that, you know, plants it in the corner, perfect. Player was offside. If, if you want to take this VAR for what it is, half a millimeters offside. So you, so you're offside. But you're completely correct in what you're saying. Um, you know, I saw some of the, the, the punditry on it and, and they were saying the same thing, Dave, as well. You know, it's literally two to three minutes later, they're 2-0 down because we go directly up the other side before they're mentally prepared. They thought they were back in the game, taken from them. And it takes a few minutes to, to gather their thoughts, gather their head, gather their composure and get back. But in that time, they find themselves 2-0 down. But the 2-0 at that stage, in my opinion, didn't flatter us in any way. Chelsea showed a little, little bit of promise. Tommy Abraham had a had a great chance to score, and he didn't take it one on one with the keeper. So deservedly, I believe we were two 0 up. We we finished that first half um, looking very good, and in my opinion, total control. We come out same thing for the, sort of the first ten minutes of the second half, and then we we sort of go into a, a game management mode. But what impressed me. Uh, and, and it did impress me, and, and you know, look, well, well, I had a bit of a, a laugh there at the start of the pod. I completely discounted Chelsea, and what impressed me so much is how they grew into that game. Um, you know, as we decided to go into game management mode, well, they decided to come at us. I thought that, that first twenty minutes, when they were 
alive and looking to come at us would be the end of them and they'd be out on their feet um, having to chase us like that. But credit to them. You know, they're, they're an awful lot better than than I was crediting them for uh, on the last podcast. And, you know, based on that, if they continue in that form, I don't see any reason why they don't get top four. And for that reason, I said at the beginning of the pod, this was three points I, I was taking as a formality. But I sort of starting to think these are an enormous three points when we when we expand in the whole season. We'll look back on this one and, and say what a good result it was because Chelsea are not as bad as I was making them out to be, not by a long way. Yeah, agree with all that. Um, they they kind of reminded me of an, a Klopp Liverpool from maybe two seasons ago where we're seen as a little bit flaky and we score goals and we can see goals and we're good to watch. But ultimately, when we go up against the top side, we seem to have a little bit more control and we, a little bit more maturity about our performances, Chief. But on that, we have come a long, long way since then. And it showed in the way, as Dave said, we managed the game out because, you know, if that goes 2-1, probably 18 months ago, that's not going to finish 2-1, not by any stretch of the imagination. Certainly, if you go back a couple of years, it, it, it wouldn't. If you go back kind of pre-Van Dyke, you'd have money on it finishing 2-2. But yeah, on, on control and domination, we I thought, I thought we had to, you know, I thought Dave's absolutely right. We we did deserve the, the 2-0. The offside is unlucky, but at the same time, it is offside. And I think on, on that, if, if you have it for offside... You can't really say, well, we're not going to have it for... Neil, we're going to be hit by decisions like that ourselves somewhere in, in the course of the season, and it's going to hurt. But you, you're not, you're never going to change it. Absolutely. And, you know, you have to say as well, that we've talked about it before, we're actually playing for it, you know, with, with a high, even higher line, kind of banking on decisions like that a little bit. And, you know, there is the one where Tommy Abraham goes through and the, the flag doesn't go up. It's a great save by Adrian. I don't know if that was offside, but, you know, if they... Not, I don't think it was. I don't think anything was given. But I don't know if it had gone in, would they have then gone to VAR? Would it have been, you know, would it maybe have been offside? They, they, they would like, have looked at it had he scored. If the ball goes They would have, and they would looked. have given the goal because I remember looking at it. It was Trent in the near side who was playing him on because I thought he was a mile off and he absolutely wasn't. That's fair enough. But there's also one in the second half that is given offside on Trent and he isn't. And they don't go to VAR because the linesman puts his flag up. It's the one where Fabinho plays him in down the side. And there's... A, yeah, a, I think if that goes in, it's... Yeah, the ball needs to go into the net for, yeah, for, but, for the, to invoke a review. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know that. But what I'm saying is, I think I think the linesman's put his flag up there because of the really close VAR decision in the first half where he hasn't put his flag up and it's gone to VAR. And it's been disallowed, so he puts his flag up there because it looks off. It looks like it's offside, but defender's back leg is playing him on. So it's a bit, it's a bit mixed up. So I suppose we don't really want to go too far down the VAR rabbit hole again, like. But it is offside. His leg is offside. So yeah, it's 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 lucky in a way because there were a couple of moments leading up to that or in the run up to that where we weren't just so assured at the back, and that would have been a bit of a. You know, a bit of a you know slap in the face. The fact that that we we get that let off because I mean we don't think it's offside. Adrian looks well pissed off, and we think we've conceded. They've they've celebrated, and you know we, we get that reprieve. And as Dave mentioned, 
you get that boost now because they're deflated and you're invigorated. The crowd's up, or your your fans are up there, crowds down, and we go ahead and, and make it 2-0. And from there, I thought we were in control. Started the second half, as Gabe mentioned, where we're on top. Uh, Riza Balaga makes that great save from um, Bobby Firmino's volley. And, yeah, we do sort of, I, I suppose we do in a way, game manage. Um, but I think a little bit of it was enforced. You know, we, we sort of naturally lose our attacking impetus a little bit as, as substitutions are made. Manny gets a wee injury, he has to come off. Things just, you know, aren't clicking that well for the front three anyway in the game, let's be I mean, honest. I, I omitted that how poor Salah was. Maybe he can lighten us a little on that guy. I thought he was terrible. Well, he, he was and he wasn't. I mean, I know what you mean. He, he wasn't. He didn't By his see. standards, maybe, is, is a better way of saying it. Yeah, I mean, he was still a major threat, but it wasn't happening for him with with, with the ball, was it? I mean, he was he was trying things, but it, it just wasn't coming off. Um, maybe he was second-guessing himself a bit. Maybe he was just a bit tired, you know, and, and his touch was just slightly off. But he was still still a major threat. But obviously Mane's been playing with with a slight injury and I think he picked, you know, it got a bit worse and he had to, had to come off. So he wasn't at his best. Wasn't really coming off for Bobby either. So in the end, we, we score from set pieces and of course Bobby gets the goal. Um, so he, he does his job. But, and and I think at 2-1, we do game manage. I think we do back ourselves to, to just see the game out. You know, we did it in the Champions League final. We managed a, a goal, a 1-0 lead for 85 minutes and they backed themselves to do it again for the last 15 against Chelsea or whatever it was, the last 20. I mean, to be fair, the Conte goal comes out of nowhere. I think we're pretty in control at that point and he just bursts through and buries it and then at the end, we end up hanging on a wee bit. But I think if you look at the balance of the whole game, I think we deserve the win. Probably. We probably did. And... For all you know, we, we do end up winning the game and we end up winning a game away to a top six side. And as as Chase pointed out there, the front three, it's just not quite it's not quite clicking for them. We don't have very many shots on target. I'm not sure Salah or Manny have a shot on target and probably not really a clear cut opportunity um, between the two of them. But the fullbacks integral to to the win, both with the, the set pieces, one with the goal, one with the assist. And we've got this stage now where we can we can win these games without having to rely on the front three. And I wonder is this now another evolutionary step of this team? I, I think um, maturity is, is is a key word in this season uh, until so far. Now, I, I thought this was something we were seeing last year as well because, you know, the season before that season was this swashbuckling, you know, storming, blitzing teams, uh, especially at Anfield. And then we got a little more, you know, I wouldn't want to call it boring but you know a little more controlled and, and more mature and I think this year we are even more in control and more mature uh, I, I think uh, uh, our game at Stamford Bridge last year was you know in October I think so it was it, it's uh, we can compare it with with this uh, stage and and we were uh, and Chelsea wasn't the team it is now but but still you know they, they they have some they have still good players and 
they don't have a hazard, but they have this uh, Mason Mount kid and they have Tammy Abraham who was on a high. So they they did pose a danger, a danger, a risk to us. And, and I think uh, especially the first 55, 60 minutes, we were excellent. And we, we, we didn't give them any hope of, of, of securing uh, a result. And especially by, you know, uh, by, by scoring the 2-0 after they, they had, um, had not been um, very elated to, to, to score the 1-1 and, and they had, uh, had, had their festivities and that got cancelled. I think, yeah, uh, absolutely. We, 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 I don't think the, the team panics when uh, Salah, Mane uh, and, and, and Firmino aren't having the day and, and they clearly weren't having the day. Uh, I think Mane picked up a knock he got substituted. Firmino wasn't wasn't playing very well at Napoli as well. Salah was was playing well at Napoli, I thought, but uh, in this game he was he was especially in the second half he was, he was dreadful. His control was off, uh, and, and he was he, he didn't get past Alonso. He wasn't uh, a very good defender. I, I think you know he's very good at the ball, but he isn't a very good defender. He didn't get past him any time. I, I if I remember correctly, so. This is this is what what's what's being this is the narrative about us, you know the team that has got Van Dijk and uh, and 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 these marvelous front three and uh, otherwise they are just uh, a good team or, or something. But I don't think that's true anymore. To epitomize that, you know, Robertson didn't have a very good game at Napoli and probably he wasn't fit at that time, but he was. Very good this game, and 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 the, the, he had this incredible sprint into uh, the 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 opposing half. I think it was 94th minute or something like that. It was it was incredible him being, you know, uh, that fit at that point in in the game, and and uh, and 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 Chelsea pushing for an equalizer. So uh, yes, and, and you know. Trent is, uh, you know, what he did was 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 incredible. Uh, on a on a different level as well. So yeah, I, I think we as a team we are hopefully growing beyond uh, the team that is good with with a, a world class front three. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, on Van Dyke there, Dave. I'd, I was watching the game the weekend, and I, I, I said to Johnny Henderson that Abraham Abraham is for all of the goals he scored. And they were throwing around stats, comparing them with a record that I think he might have equaled Luis Suarez um, if he had scored on Saturday or scored two, or sorry, on Sunday. But he absolutely didn't have a sniff. The best defender in the world had an absolute stormer of a game. And Van Dijk was quite good as well. Joe Maddox was a bit special, wasn't he? But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, As for Tommy Abraham... This is the reality of, of stepping up into the big world. Um, you know, he's had a great time first few weeks there of the season. Um, you know, really, they lost heavily at United. But there's a future there for that kid. Like, I, I think there's a, a real player in there. And uh, he could well end up being a star for Chelsea, that boy. But as I say, he what he experienced was, and, and I'm sure he'll take the experience. I'm sure Lampard will tell him, you know, that, that's part of the experience. This is, this is the level that you're going to have to play out of you want to score against the big boys. This isn't just the rest. This is this is the top end. 
And, you know, there can be a number of reasons. There can be a number, a number of psychological reasons, uh, maybe trying too hard, um, which is a human trait. You know what I mean? But, you know, you talk about on, on, on that game at the weekend, Joel Matip was better than Van Dyke. You know, and, and Dave, I know you and I are of the same mind and we, we, we very much see Joe Gomez as the future. We very much want to see Joe Gomez get game time. But, you know, as I alluded to in the pod last week, Joe Matip's going nowhere and on merit. Like, in the air, he was sensational at the weekend. Anything that came near him was returned with interest. Um, yeah, then the, these mazy runs, that he, mazy, lazy runs, nice, nice rhyming. You know, he makes out of, out of the defence through the midfield. He's, he's immovable at the minute. And, you know, I think Van Dyke's reaction to him on a few occasions during the game, Dave, just shows you the level that he's at. If, if Van Dyke's that impressed with you, you know, what does it say? He's totally on fire. Yeah, he had an absolutely excellent game. Um, and there's just, there's that physicality and that aggression and and that front-footedness in his play that, that there wasn't and there he's a before. Big, he's a big lad there, Dave, as well. He's a big, big, strong lad. Uh, there's not much going past him. And the thing is, you know, centre forwards can't like playing against him for for no other reason than he's all elbows and knees. Like he's a big gangly fucker. And can you imagine getting like an old elbow in the back or a knee in the back of the calf or the back of the thigh or something? And you know, you go and try and spin him, and the likelihood is you're going to get a knock. And it can't be an enjoyable experience for any centre forward to have a physical battle with him. You I might, you might find that it's preferable to having one with Van Dyke if you really pushed him on the subject, Dave, which is a wonderful dilemma for us. You know, there's there's that side of the pitch that always seems to get to talk, gets targeted for a number of reasons. Maybe Van Dyke's reputation, because Trent is, you know, maybe young and, and they suspect him to be vulnerable. Maybe because Salah doesn't give him you know, as much support as Mane gives gives Robbo and, and you know, you can understand why teams target that side of the pitch and it's playing in their hands a little bit now, um, because we have someone performing at that level. And that might just be why he he looks like he's having more of an influence on a game than Van Dyke is. But the fact remains he still has to do the job and he's doing it absolutely brilliantly yeah. at the minute. Yeah, but I think there's a psychology in it as well. You know, if you take Matip's time before the, the Gomez injury, he was very much a bit part player. We didn't talk about him very much, not certainly not in glowing terms. There's there's also a sense of belonging that, he, that he's developed in this time from 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 Gomez was injured last season. You know, Joel Matip looks at looks at his place at Liverpool now and go, yeah, I fit there. That's my place. That's where I belong. And that's a huge that you you know yourself if you're comfortable. You you believe in yourself. Uh, you believe in the team, you believe in everything you're doing, that that can raise you up maybe 10-15%. Yeah, I think it's also important that he knows that other people believe in him and that other people trust him. I think that's very important for a footballer to know that his teammates trust him, certainly that the fans trust him. So, you know, I think he has that now and he's grown with it after some good performances and he's, he's earned that trust. So, long may it continue. Chief, it was one of those wins where, as you have rightly said before, um, we get the, we get the two goals and and they look to come back into it and we just shut them down and we and we go away with the three points. But 
last week come from behind victory. And it was there are two things that we haven't seen yet this season. And for some reason, people still talk about City as being the likely winners of the Premier League this year. But it seems to me that there's not a type of game of football at the minute that we can't win. Whereas that vulnerability we've seen with City, where there are types of games against certain types of teams that they look to be vulnerable against, and Norwich is a case in point here. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, we touched on it, I think, on the last show uh, when we were speaking. and We said that we this team's got a, a lot of different ways to win football matches, and it's 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 evident now. I mean, these, these are two new things, as, as you mentioned, that now we've, we've done. We've come from behind like that, and, you know, City, City do have their weaknesses. We've seen that with Norwich, and, you know, they're a little bit more vulnerable this season, I think, because of reasons we've discussed already. Obviously, company not being there, and the Ports injury is, is massive. I mean, you know, they've lost their their, their first-choice centre-back partnership from last year, at least until, until, you know, half of it comes back. But that's not going to be until after Christmas, so that that's massive. Um, but they, you know, at the same time, they go out and batter Watford eight nil. Um, but doesn't make them less vulnerable in in certain situations. As far as as far as sort of the punditry is concerned, and and you know, most people still tipping City and so on because Liverpool had the seven point lead, or even yeah, the seven point lead, the chance of making a ten point lead and 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 streak away last season, and and because we got pegged back, they still have that in the locker, you know, and because City have won twice now in a row under Guardiola. Obviously, they're looking at that and they're going, well, City will, will come through. But I think the circumstances are a little bit different this season. I think not just because City are potentially a, a little weaker, but also because we're we're better, as, as we were talking about earlier. We are more mature. We have not got the Champions League under the belt and we were just pipped in the Premier League last year. Well, the last time we were pipped at the final hurdle, we came back and took the trophy the next season. And I think that's what we're looking to do this season. I think we're looking to put a marker down I think we're looking to put as many wins on the board as possible at the start of the season and see where we are when when the first time we drop points is. Because I don't know if City can keep up the pace this season. We'll have to see. You know, it's Guardiola's fourth season, is it? Yeah, fourth season. You know, we already see that, that things aren't quite, quite as rosy in the garden as they might be. But we'll have to see there. But, you know... The main thing about this Liverpool side is that it can go now away to what pro- a team that probably will finish in the top four and has certainly traditionally be part of the big four and is talked about now as part of the top six in Chelsea. The front three can basically all have stinkers at the end of the day for, for their, you know, for calling it really baseline because of their high standards at the set. None of them had good games and yet we've, we've we've scored two goals from set pieces and basically kept them kept them pretty much at arm's length yeah they scored in the 71st it's a great it, it's a great goal it sort of comes out of nothing on match of the day the next highlight is the 87th minute I think that's 16 minutes later so it's not like they're peppering us the next highlight the, the Batshuayi header which to me was never I don't know it doesn't look to me like it was really troubling uh, the goalkeeper I think uh, it's kind of always going wide and 
then okay, the Mason Mount one in the final final minute or so, that's that's that could have been that could have been a, a late equaliser. But the I same think th- that's a harder chance than people made it out to be, though, to be honest. Of course, of course it is. He has to take it first time and you know it's bouncing and he just he just puts too much on it. Like um gets under it a bit. But you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day we've kept him at arm's length and we've got all the ways to beat you. We've scored two goals from set pieces. You wanna show us out wide, okay. Well we'll we'll score from out wide. You wanna show us through the middle, okay, we'll score through the middle. You know, it's gonna take us to drop off for us you know, to, to stop this at the moment. You know, at this point we are five points clear. And City had they came back from that from that uh, game that we had. Could have gone ten points, ended up being four and they clawed back. That's eleven millimeters or whatever. But they had company to call on then. They had a rock to bring back in. Their club captain. They don't have that this season, so we'll just see how how it ends up. But you know, I I, I said it before. You know, we played in the Champions League. Napoli know how to beat us. Somehow they beat us. They're a little bit of a bogey team. If we still have one, if there is still one bogey team, we have it. It's Napoli. <laughs> but apart from that, like who's who's beaten this Liverpool team? Well. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I said this last year as well. I wonder when we were ever going to lose, and it was about two months later before we lost the game, and that was the last one we did lose. Um, and you know, Burrell, it, it's very much like that at the minute, and with City as well. As much as we've talked about their supposed weaknesses, they're still light years ahead of the rest, and the gap's massive at the minute. You know. Chelsea, Spurs, United, Arsenal—they're all way, way off us. I think it's. 10, uh, 8 points maybe, is it 8 points for Arsenal and 10 for the rest and we, we had this we had this discussion uh, probably 10 years ago or so whenever, whenever Barcelona and, and Real Madrid were, were right at the top and people questioned was, was La Liga a, a pub league as they say or was it because everyone was because it was just because Barca and Real were just so far ahead of everybody else it made it look that way or do you have an opinion as to where we are are we just so much better or have the rest of the teams also dropped away yeah it's it's you know it's it's always a hard comparison because we, we can't let those teams play together against each other but um, I think if you look at it objectively, people, uh, are, people players have become uh, stronger, have become quicker, etc., because they n- n- they take care uh, take care better of themselves, and um, we have all these training regimen, and people need to to uh, have you know they have their own diets all tailor made for their body types, etc., etc. So I I, I think uh, if you if you could uh, let a team from 2010 play against a team from 2019, or make it 2009 and 2019. You would you would probably see that that the team from 2019 is is quicker and, and maybe stronger, etc. So I, I think when you compare it that way, it, we are probably a better team than we have ever been. But you know we are playing against other teams who have. Uh, basically the same technology and the same science, etc. But still, I think we are ahead of the curve. And 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 what what makes me think this is because 
you know, last year we had a very good season. We we were one point off the championship, uh, and and I think you know, and it was it was the flip of a coin. Uh, it's it's a company screamer. Uh, it's 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 a penalty not given, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So you know, we we could have we could have been champions with with a with a with a record amount of points. All sorts of uh, statisticians and people who look at at football in, in a um, you know, um, from an analysis viewpoint, uh, were saying that we were overachieving and that we were we, we would not be able to uh, to reproduce, to reciprocate. No, that's not that's not the word I'm looking for. To reproduce, to do the same thing again, to repeat uh, the what we did last year. And you know, we haven't played it all season yet, but you know, I think the <laughs> the start is pretty encouraging. So I think uh, if if they don't have us figured out yet, and I'm talking about you know betting companies, and I'm talking about the CIES Institute in in Switzerland, etc. If they don't have us figured out, then then there is a then there's a fair chance that other teams haven't figured us out as well. The top six is isn't interesting for us because, uh, and th- this may sound a, a little uh, arrogant or conceited, but. Um, you know they all have their own problems. Manchester City is is at this point is our only rival, um, and and they are, you know, clearly ahead of the curve as well. What they you know what they have done is is a, is a different strategy. They have at least two teams of eleven players who could who could compete for for the championship for uh, the Premier League. Uh, we have adopted a different strategy, probably because we don't have uh, uh, bottomless uh, pockets uh, and a nation state uh, bankrolling us. Uh, and I think we are doing some things and, and using every edge that you can find, you know, um, um, looking at, at, at throwing coaches and, and, and at, at surfers who can, who can give workshops, etc., about, uh, about how you can um, mentally prepare for, for, for games and we are trying to use every every single um, shred of of knowledge you can use to you know to to get those marginal gains to to win to be ahead of them. So I think we are a very very good team at this point, and not because we have we have by 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 some chance found eleven uh, superb footballers, but because we we know how to to build a team. You know, when I look at at at, uh, at at Liverpool, you know, against against Chelsea, it, it was pretty evident that not all of our players were on their game. You know, we've talked about this, but someone like Hendo, uh, he is he's not technically perfect, and he he has clear qualities, um, and you know, and, and he he probably wouldn't get into the uh, to the Manchester City team. It does get in our team because it works together. Because he knows how to to help uh, Trent. So and and Salah because uh, Salah doesn't track back as much as 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 you know uh, you, you might want. And 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 by design because we want him to do his his magic up front. But uh, but if you want Trent to go up front as well sometimes and and deliver his assists and 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 do his magic. Then you need someone to to keep the balance, etc. So you know, I'm talking about team building, and I think we do this at a at a level that I haven't seen before. So, yes, I, I don't think this is this is we can say this is a chance. Uh, this is chance. This is 
locker or anything. I think we are we are a very very good team, and I'm I'm enjoying it. And and I know this 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 won't uh, endure for for you know I hope for for a couple of years, but it it won't be endless. But uh, I am enjoying it very much because again we are a very good team at this point. Absolutely, and Dave. We're just we're just hearing that Spurs have been kicked out of the cup by <laughs> Colchester. Um, oh, that's the most Spursy thing you'll hear today, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, they were. Question, Dave. Yes, it, yes, it is. Um, but Spurs are probably the third best team in the league, and they're already ten points behind us. So, you know, is the gap is the gap getting bigger? I feel that it is. And Dave, you see, when you consider the money that's roaming around the Premier League, it's. It beggars belief that the gap exists by so far. We we just played a Chelsea team that we were will they get into the top four or won't they get into the top four? Well, if if Spurs are and and you know we we talked before this result we were talking about Spurs before this podcast and you oh they always start slowly look all the big teams it, traditionally would have a blip uh, an early season blip but for me this the likes of Tottenham is more than an early, there's a, there's issues there. Um, you know, you look at our main rivals, you know, straight away, you've got City, perfectly wrong club, well-oiled machine, <laughs> oiled, um, you know, take it from there, Tottenham, disarray, look at the, look at the, look at what's going on with Christian Eriksen, their best player, forget Harry Kane, that's their best player, and this is why they're suffering, but the situation that they've let themselves get into with the contracts and so on there, they've brought that upon themselves, let's go further down. Our, our, our biggest rival, Manchester United, a laughing stock, and and again because the club has been run badly, a, a complete opposite of of what's happening at Tottenham. Tottenham are so frugal that they're they're causing themselves problems. United are causing themselves problems because they think they can spend their 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 their, their way out of it. You know what I mean? Then you have a Chelsea side that their owner can't be arsed with them anymore. So I just went, well, sure, play with the kids, and you know what? Those kids are doing them proud, and at the moment, I I. I feel a lot more comfortable sitting after five games, it can obviously change, to turn around and say that the Chelsea look a better option for the top four right now today than either United or Spurs. And then, you know, if you want to go beyond those teams to the crazy, fucked up, crazy world of Arsenal, um, you know, the other traditional big six, it's like, it's like fucking the comedy channel. It's like, I, I, I don't know what's going on there. You know, the most chaotic results you know, I saw I saw this week people talking about you know maybe this is the, their turning point, being able to come back with with a man down and so on. But Dave, you you look at that big six, they ain't so big anymore. There's the big two, there's the rest, and you know we're reaching a mindset the likes of the last pod where I'm us going to the bridge and I'm going ah no problem, forgetting that rivalry, forgetting that crowd's going to be there, forgetting what we did in Europe against them and what they did to us in Europe and that that runs deep. You know, just because they're they're not at their their finest, their drogbas, their Lampards, um, their Terry's, their Peter Checks. It's we're still gonna get a game there. We're still gonna get a game at Old Trafford. We're still gonna get a game at the Emirates. Um you know what I mean? But so are City. But they're not the games that we would have had against them in their previous forms. Far, far from it. And I think the scary point, and you know, we can expand further on down the lead, but I just want to focus here on the top six. It's very, very difficult from the positions that they find themselves in at the minute, the, the other four, to see any real way back soon. You know, and, and, and I'm talking about, you know, we're 30 years without a league title. 
And I'm talking that kind of not soon. Because once it's one thing to be in decline when we went into it when football wasn't important. It's a completely untried, untested thing in English football for one of the big guns to really, really fall. Um, in the new age of football, of the billionaire football, the, the multi-billion dollar industry that it is. And, and I've got a feeling, you know, the likes of United can spend all the money they want. They can't buy a working club. You know, basically Tottenham can be as frugal as they want. They can't keep the players happy. And Chelsea, you know, are, are, who knows what's going to happen with them. I think that out of them, they have the brightest future. At least they have a young base that are stepping up to the plate. Like kids of Mason Mount, I'm impressed by him. Um, you know, the Tommy Abrahams guy. And there's also a good core of, of, of pros left from the Abramovich uh, spend era who are experienced and going to carry them through. But, but how we, uh, you know, is it the model that we have? The model, it's, the city's model is different. They just buy whatever they want. But we have created something, you know, they're all wax lyrical about how brilliant this is and, and whatnot. And we should embrace this. This is a very, very special time in football uh, f- to be a Liverpool fan. And they don't last forever. And, you know, I've seen a lot on social media. Um, you know, we talked about Andy Robertson having to delete his Twitter and everything. These fucking idiots, do they not remember the last 30 years? You, you, you know what I mean? Enjoy, embrace this time. It's, it's, it's fantastic to see your team doing so well. I can see them, you know, the United's this world, the Chelsea, the, the other four are so far behind us. I can see a dominance coming from City and, and, and Liverpool for, the, you know, I could say the next five to seven years, no problem. Well, that's a fairly passionate assessment, Dave, of our so-called competition. Thanks they just that. ain't what they used to be, Dave. They just ain't what they used to be, and we are no. a completely different beast. Yeah, you're right, and and you know you're you've, you're both correct. It's just we're we're just a club at the moment who have, have thrived on on good decision after good decision after good decision after good decision. Dave, I, so, know, I know you didn't watch it, but just just to mention, you mentioned Sunday Supplement. I actually watched it last night, and the journalists talking about Liverpool and the access that they have to players. There was. Who was Luton or Liverpool and West Brom? They talked about, and the rest apparently are shit. But they were waxing lyrical about the media machine at Liverpool. It, Dave, what we talked about, everything, every I is dotted and every T is crossed uh, in making this, you know, as accessible as open. You know, FSG took a lot of criticism about how closed up they were, and they've they've, they've acted by that, and you can see that in the media work. We're in a, we're just, we are in the sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. Again, another good decision, and. Um, Chief, we'll go on, we'll come on the MK Dons here as Spurs <laughs> showed us tonight. There can be a shock on the cards in no matter what cup competition. First of all, is this how do you view how do you view this game? Do you view this game as an opportunity to give fringe players time to go and prove themselves and work their way into the first team? Or do you Take this as uh, just don't play anybody who we don't want to get injured. And if we get knocked out, who really cares? Because this is probably the worst competition in European football. I don't think anybody benefits from putting out a kind of a, a patchwork, like a real patchwork where nobody's really ever played together and there's no kind of spine at all in the team or whatever. So I think it, you know, it, it you're not doing anyone any favours there. You're not doing the youngsters any favours. You're not really doing the fringe players any favours either. So 
obviously it is it's going to be a chance to to rotate and sort of rest players uh the ones the, and there'll be a few that will need it but I don't know. I don't know whether he's going to make the eleven changes, um, which which I've heard being touted. Maybe he will. Uh, maybe he'll go something completely completely different. Maybe he'll bank on it just being enough to to he'll see. Keep up. the goalkeeper, Neil. There's no way he'll change the goalkeeper because if they do progress in cup competitions, he needs to get used to playing with those players too. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But do you, you risk know. the goalkeeper? Is the other question. <laughs> Do you risk the goalkeeper in a game which is likely potentially to be a little bit more physical and, and whatever whenever we've got no cover? We've got Sheffield United coming up. Allison got, in, Allison got injured kicking a ball. So it doesn't even need to be like a physical battle for something like that to happen. These things can just happen. Yeah, exactly. But, so you but 11 changes sort of indicates as well, you know, we don't care. We're just, you know, if you beat us, you beat us. We don't really give a fuck. Yeah, but I mean, so does 10. I mean, so to be fair, <laughs> but do we care? Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you go ten, you may as well go the whole hog. We'll see, we'll see. But I think it's one of those. It's one of those. You you don't want to see. The, the only reason you'd want to see us progress. Well, the only reason I would want to see us progress is so that we'd have a chance to play the same team again in the next round and the same team again in the next round if we were progressing and and we sort of had a cup team. So it wasn't impinging at all on the really on the first team. So I sort of want them to go eleven changes, and then you know maybe as players come back, you can maybe strengthen a little bit here and there because we we do we would have a strong team there. Obviously now you've got the news that Shakiri's not going to be available because he's he's got an injury, which is really unfortunate for him and for us because I'm sure all of us probably wouldn't have minded seeing him. Um, he was pretty exciting last season. He hasn't had really much of a chance. This season, and obviously he's just a bit part player, and you know that. But he's still, he's still got a bit of magic in his boots, like so. That would have been nice. But Naby Keita could be back in. You'd imagine Oxley Chamberlain gets a start. You know, um, you'd be, you probably give Joe Gomez needs a start at centre back. Uh, if you're, you've kept Lovren, so you're probably he's probably starting beside Gomez. Then what do you Cap- do? Captain Dejan is my prediction. Yeah, could be, could be something like that. You bring Milner in, he'd probably play in midfield. And then up front, what? Pro- you're maybe looking well, at- well, you need Lallana at six there. You've, you've missed that one. Of course yeah, you Lallana- need Lallana at six. Lallana will play. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're 11. It's not really kids-like, is it? It's and then well, you're, What about, what, you know, without injury? Back, maybe Hoover, he's probably going to get a start. Maybe, maybe Brewster gets a start up front. Yeah, and that's who I was going to mention, Neil, because do you remember the beginning of the season we talked about Brewster and you guys were like, oh, he'll get 15 games this season. The way things are going, it looks like 15 minutes would be, would be a luxury to him. Yeah, he, um, hasn't had, he hasn't had a sniff, but it's not it's not unlike Klopp to you know wait a while and, and make sure that the, the training is going well and whatever. I don't know. He's, he's not had to use him and he's not wanted to use him, so surely you would think though i mean i think he dropped him back down to the under 23s and then recalled him after the origi injury so you'd imagine he minimum makes the bench i mean who else starts up front cuz devox probably still out and you'd probably you know you you're probably going to rest the front if three I'm, chief if i'm Rian brewster and i'm not getting a game from the start tomorrow night I am fucking ripping the club store off its hinges. 
to grab him by the throat and ask him, what the fuck am I even doing here? Yeah, yeah, Brewster starts, I get you, I get you. I mean, the 11 is the eleven is not that not that weak, though. I mean, you, what kids would you have in? You'd have Brewster would start. Maybe what? Maybe a Curtis Jones in there somewhere. What about the, the, the young lad w- w- was signed, the, the redhead kid, big, big lad? I'd like to well, see some of him. Well, this is it. So you could do... Vanderberg? He's you probably could do Keller. You could do Kelleher and Nets. You could do Vandenberg. You could do Hoiver. You could do LaRouche or Lewis at left back. You could do Jones. You could do Brewster. So, you know, you could have, if you, if you really wanted to, six, Joe seven. Joe is screaming for a game. No, I know that. I get that. But what I'm saying is you, you could have six, seven teenagers on the pitch if you really wanted to. So yeah, you wouldn't know, would you? Because you'd need to give the games to the likes to the ones you're going to use who okay. aren't getting So you need okay. to give it to Lovren and Gomez and Lalana and Milner. Yeah. So on, on Brewster, Burrell, it's... Chief actually raises a really interesting point there that we view Brewster as just an existing player of the club because he's been talked about for so long and he's he's been... Um, there's been so much excitement around him for the, for the last the last while, but realistically, with the time he's had with the first team squad and with the injury that he had, he hasn't really had a great deal of training with the first team squad. And should we be viewing him more so as more like a Robertson or a Fabinho or someone like that who Klopp is is. As Chief says, is gonna wait and make sure the training's right, and then maybe drop him in for a couple of games here and there, and then he might start to see some more games after Christmas. Or do we expect him just to be a bit part player throughout the season? Um, I'm I'm afraid it would be the latter, you know, because you know he who who would he dis- who which of the the front three would he, would he be you know displacing? So I, I I don't I don't see him starting ahead of Firmino if if both are fit. He he didn't even get on the bench in front of Origi. So yeah, I think he he needs to be be patient. And I I also agree he he needs to play tomorrow. But I've I've seen only flashes of him. You know, um, I've seen him at this international tournament. I think it was the the under 19s World Cup. Um, but that was before his. Uh, his uh, injury, and he was he was very impressive at that point. So I, you know, there's obviously a player in there, but we don't know how he has um, he how he has come back from his injuries. But you know, um, seeing that he's not been loaned out, seeing that he's has been on the bench for the Champions League games even last year, I think Klopp believes he has a chance, and 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 you know he has been talking about him. In, in very glowing terms. So you know, I'm I'm hopeful, and I hope he's he's every every bit the uh, you know w- what we expect of him. But then again, we will we will, we will need to need to wait and see. You know, I, but but th- this is why I like these games. You know, I I don't care about the League Cup uh, very much, but then again, I I like to win every game we play in. Um, so I, I think they need to strike a balance, uh, and and you could play with uh, with even eleven under twenty three players or even under nineteen players. But uh, if if that would hurt your chances to to get to a second rounder or a third round, etc., you know that that would in, on the long term mean you don't get to uh, play these these players and give them playing time. 
So I hope there is a good balance. But you know, players like Gomez need to play. And I, I'm I'm not particularly keen to see uh, Dejan Lovren play, but you know, he probably needs to to have some game time as well. Uh, and I, I think if if we would have a, a good alternative for Robertson, he he wouldn't have had to play unfit at Napoli. But you, you can only see if you have an alternative for him if you play. I don't know who, who's who's uh, the alternative at this point is if it's Larucci or, or Adam Lewis. But you know, uh, I'd like to see them. So I'm I'm uh, I'm eagerly anticipating this game for for different reasons than you know the league games and the, and the Champions League games. So I, I want to see how good these players now are and. You know, I hope he he bangs in, and and with he, I mean, Ryan Brewster bangs in a few, and and I hope uh, Harvey Elliott plays because you know I, I I was very impressed with the with the flashes we saw from him in in preseason. We'll have to to see. I I don't think I can I can judge him on on what I've seen from him so far. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. It's it's I I look forward to these games for exactly the same way. I think it's exciting to get a look at. I look at some of the young players that there's there's been excitement around and and with Brewster there's there's a lot of question marks for a lot of different reasons so we'll just have to wait and see on that one. So I'm not. Do you want me? Give me give me a prediction just for fun, girl. Even though it's a completely ridiculous question, saying we don't even know who's going to play and we have no idea if anybody plays for MK Dons. That's I don't know that I've ever heard of before. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I, I know there there used to be Wimbledon, and 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 we we didn't like playing Wimbledon. I, I remember that, but uh, well, you know, I, don't, I, don't go there, bear all the scars <laughs> still run deep on that. I tell you. See that cup final never got, oh, still burns me. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I, I remember that one as well. But uh, you know, Larry they're, they're not Sanchez. they're not anymore. <laughs> Bad memories, but uh, they're a different team now, and and. But not that I know who, who plays for them. But you know, I, I have to back ourselves. So I, I, I'm, I'm assuming we we don't do a, a, a Spurs uh, and lose. That that would be a disappointment. So a disappointment. I, I think you know our our third string should be good enough to to win against MK Dons. And and if if the the, the players who aren't playing at this point want to to prove themselves then they uh, yeah they they, they, sh- they should uh, tomorrow so i'm i'm backing us to win uh, and and seeing that maybe Callagher will be in goal and maybe uh gomez will put, play with Dan Lovren will probably concede but i'm 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 backing us to win so yeah i hope uh, let, let's say we score 3 and they score 1 something like that okay VAR in, in, in the League Cup? Nah, I wouldn't think so. They can't have them no. in all those wee stadiums. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm kind of thinking. So we're devoid of that. <laughs> One less thing to, to worry about. Yeah, well, that's true. Chief, any 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 ideas? Any final thoughts? No, no, I, I reckon I don't... I, I don't think he's going to go on the side of playing a lot of kids. So I think we'll just see a couple in there. I think Brewster gets his start, as you say. That would be interesting. Uh, I agree with that. I'm interested to see how the how the team lines up and and how they how they play. Any team we put out should be able to beat MK Dons if we play with the right attitude. We will. I'd say we we win. Yeah, we win three two. <laughs> okay, I hope so. That sounds like fun. Um, Dave, 
Yes. Your prediction? Any final thoughts? Uh, there is a gun club or lang pain. No, no, not a bit of it. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I would like us to win. I really would like us to win because, you know, as, as both Beryl and Neil said, you know, getting these players game time and, 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 and I would really like to see, you know, a second string, a proper, real, noticeable or notable second string going through these cup competitions. A run of games in the first team and a cup competition. You Maybe these players just raise themselves a wee bit. So uh, I'm just hoping that. I, I, I have no idea what the score. I'll take a 1-0 here right now, Dave. In fact, I'll go with that 1-0 to us. It's... MK Dawson tomorrow night. I gotta be honest, I couldn't give a fuck one way or the other. And the reason being is this is just a daft competition that has a ridiculously moronic two legged semi final, which let's be honest, if we get into it won't be all the kids playing because the likelihood is you'll be playing another pretty decent Premier League team. And the best thing you can hope for is to get it done on the first leg. I sort of think the best thing about that would be just, just stay in for a couple of rounds and then kind of go out. Um, yeah, I know. But then you, you draw City. But you draw City. If you draw City in the next round, who plays? Well, if you draw City in the next round, I think I think you play the kids, not the kids, but you play the same team you played this time. You know, you don't put out the full team. You don't treat it like it's the top competition. I think at any point because that would be. You have to think it's Man City somewhere, Neil. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's easy. I suppose it's easy to say that from this position. But you've got to look at it from a public perspective. It's a game everybody wants to see. I don't think they'd get away with it, honestly. It doesn't matter, of course, they'd get away with it. It, People have to realise it's not the fucking Premier competition. And it's not even close to being the Premier competition. I don't know why it still exists, to be honest, because you've got the FA Cup, so... I don't really know why you need the League Cup in, in, in the seeds, but I suppose for teams that have no chance of getting into Europe and stuff, then, you know, it's 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 another competition and whatever. And chatting about this with my cousin earlier today, and, it's, you know, people say they're devaluing it and the dignity of the Cup, and, you know, they say it more about the FA Cup. You know, the League Cup's been devalued for years. I mean, it's, it was a, it, it's a joke more because of the number of different names it's had rather than, than anything else, and what they've ended up with, you know, Carabao Cup. It's, it's, it's wouldn't, still, it be, wouldn't it be just more I, sensible to, to have the one competition and spread it out over the whole bloody season? That makes to, more sense as well. That's what I mean. You don't need two cup competitions. And at the same time, you certainly don't need a two-legged fucking semi-final. Like, scrap. And it's not so, even that. It's the time of the year it's at as well. Yeah. Right, it right, it what what it, it's in it's in February. A hard pitch time, yeah. It's like it's and, like the start of February or something. Like last week in January, first week in February. It's right after yeah. that horrendous New Year period. The right kick in the balls. Everyone's knackered. Everyone's got injuries. Everyone, you know, the European competitions are just about to start again as well. Like, and you're just like fuck off with this shit. I mean, it's great when you win it. Of course, it's great when you win it because, but it's only great. If you win it and something else, yeah, get I mean, to the final and losing's pretty shit, as we know. <laughs> which means, which means, re- realistically, winning it doesn't really matter. No, winning it alone means nothing. It only matters if you do some kind of double or treble. Even if you just do a cup double, it's sort of good because you've done them both. It's a double, 
But winning the League Cup alone means nothing, and now winning the Epic Cup means very little as well. I mean, a bit more than winning the League Cup, and it always did, and it always has. And it probably always will. Okay, then. So, on that (laughs) sombre note of domestic cup competitions, we will leave you and see you after MK Dons. Up the five points, clear Reds. 